Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back, relax, while James brings you along on his cigar journey. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, sit down with guests from across the industry, and we'll probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. This is a very special episode as we take a break from our uh, sub-series on Cuban cigars and the Cuban people. Uh, I'm going to bring in uh, Christopher Moore. He is the owner and founder of Carolina Blue Cigars. Christopher, welcome to the program. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Um, glad we can get this done. I've been uh, anticipating the interview and the, uh, just sitting around chatting with you about the cigars. Absolutely. I'm very humbled that you uh, agreed to come on, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to have you here. I know it's been busy lately. You've had uh, TPE, and we're going to talk all about that. But before we do, if you uh, if you listen to this interview and you want to try out Chris's Cigars, the best place to go uh, is OxfordCigarCompany.com. Go to OxfordCigarCompany.com and use coupon code SIMPLYSTOGIES. You'll get 15% off your entire order. OxfordCigar.com, coupon code SIMPLYSTOGIES. It doesn't matter what you have in your cart. 15% off, including Carolina Blue Cigars. Uh, and that's where I got that's where I got uh, the the Carolina Blue that I have smoked, and they are absolutely fantastic. Use coupon code Simply Stogies, 15% off. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Rob. And, and we're, we're from, from Smoking, smoking and, and Drinking, drinking in, in Space. space. Oh, whoa, hold on. I thought this was a commercial for Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys. Who no, no, to- no. This is the commercial for Smoking and Drinking in Space, a sci-fi podcast no, from... they don't want to listen to a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. It's old hat. We've been doing it for years. At least it's not shallow and vapid like that show with a couple guys who wish they had powers. I mean, what's up no, with that? You're shallow and vapid. I'm going to eat my fuck out. And you're an idiot. And you can catch both of us on Smoking and Drinking in Capes and Smoking and Drinking in Space at Creative Brain Capes. Candy.com, along with many other great podcasts. Yeah, that's 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 a good thing. You, you, you got hooked on a Carolina Blue from Oxford. That's a man. A man Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, yeah. Lucas is awesome, right? Lucas is Lucas is great. Um and, and we'll talk about that because you have some great relationships with some folks uh, uh, around the cigar industry, but but Christopher, I, I really want to find out. Like the, this is how I, I start off almost all of my interviews. Like, how did you start smoking cigars? Well, before I started smoking cigars, I actually worked in tobacco uh, when I was a teenager in, in North Carolina, on the eastern eastern side of North Carolina. Worked for them for a while, you know, summers, make some money for school, you know. As yep. we do as teenagers, just making some side money. Um, I didn't really smoke until I uh, uh, joined the military. Really, it was a brief. Uh, thing that I did as far as uh, smoking for a long period of time, I, I, I did it, you know, on my way in, and that was like two years after college, so to speak. I really went right, right during college. Uh, then I got some cigars to go in, and I was going into basic, and I said, oh, I'm going to smoke this, you know, when I graduate basic training. 
Right. And then I'm smoking another one once I leave the AIC, you know, the advanced individual training phase. So I never actually finished smoking the, the second one. Uh, kind of, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, oddly enough, about 20 some years later, I found the second one in the trunk that I had. That was kind of awesome when I saw it <laughs> because of all that I was doing. And then, you know, did I you, uh, did you smoke it? Like, I have to ask, did you smoke the one you found in no, the trunk? No, <laughs> I kind of, right. I think I still have it actually in a, in a little box of, you know, uh, things that I remember, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I have it somewhere. I most certainly I put in this little box that I have. Um, then as I deployed um, a few times, that's when I started getting back into uh, smoking cigars. You know, it was something that brought, you know, some uh, camaraderie amongst, you know, the people that were deployed. We had smoke nights. And, uh, a lot of times we would smoke the last couple of days when we get ready to deploy out. You know, I'm not saying deploy out, but we get ready to redeploy back home. We were smoking. We are like, wow, we, we made it through and all that stuff. So then after that, it was, you know, I was big into golf and, uh, you know, I was smoking a little bit here and there. Um, and then as that got a lot more serious, um, I was kind of drawn back into it by relatives in DR, um, you know, because they knew I worked in the tobacco fields and it's, you know, they was like, hey, you pretty much know the business a little bit once you come back into it. I'm like, eh. I wasn't even thinking about cigars, you know, back in 2015. I was, I was like two years from retiring. I just wanted to play golf, maybe teach golf. I was thinking about doing a little apparel, you know, a little apparel store or something. You know, what? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do this hard work as we, you know, cigars <laughs> is, is very, very difficult. I don't know why people it's, think it's like right. something it's, that's just, it's, yeah. it's time intensive, isn't it? Yeah, it's very difficult. To, you know, making blends, being at the factory, you know, getting supplies, you know, dealing with customers, dealing with FDA, dealing with all kinds of stuff. It's, it's very time intensive, uh, very uh, demanding as far as what you think your you know, customers want from you as a, uh, as you know, as a manufacturer. You know, you constantly, for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm constantly coming up with new things. You know, to, to kind of have out there to smoke, you know, at one time I probably had about 20, 20 cigars, like, that I could actually put on the market, you know, at one time. That's, that's how intense I get with, uh, what we're doing. So I kind of, kind of relax and pulled back the reins a little bit and I'm just like, hey, you know, only need 10. And I'm even thinking about pulling that back a little bit. Yeah, really? So, oh yeah, yeah. It's you know I, I'm looking at just how things are selling. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of cigars out there, but I rather have a bunch of cigars that are moving, you know, and that people are enjoying, and then I can actually switch it up and make something a little better. So I might have you know five or six different cigars, but I may have different sizes. Other than the ten that I have, uh, you know, everybody enjoys all of them. It's just really time to say that I see uh, Nicaraguans taking a toll on me as far as how I'm getting, you know, you know the Dominican, the living uh, side of the house is great. You know, I, I mean, we come up with blends all the time. I can probably put out 
you know, 15, 20 cigars from just that side alone. Uh, that's right. how much, that's how much resources we have right now to, uh, you know, to grow our own tobacco and, and everything we do in house. So it's, it's pretty awesome. You know, I just want to give somebody a different feel on my Nicaragua. Just, just to say, you know what? Yeah, I can do that too. You know what I'm saying? So I can <laughs> right. do that too. So, uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of how that came about. So let's let's go back to your to your military time, your time in the military. You were in the military for 30 years. Uh, and, and for those who don't know, uh, you know, my partner in crime here at Simply Stogies and SimplyStogies.com, uh, uh, Tim Allen, not that Tim Allen, Timothy Allen. Uh, he uh, he he's full time, uh, you know, active or uh, reserve uh, National Guard. And so <laughs> he hates it when when people come up and say, thank you for your service, do you hate that? Like as someone who was in the military, as long as you were like, is that uncomfortable for you as a, as a former, uh, uh, you know, person? No, I mean, I've gotten used to it. Um, you know, being, and there's no difference as far as being full time and and active duty 24 hours a day, you know, we still on call. Um, but I I always just to keep it moving. I always just say, thank you for your support and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So I used to hate going out of my uniform, actually. All I did before was just, I used to take my uniform off before I left the base, and I would just be out and about. (laughs) So, you know, because one, people like to see who you are, and then two, you're kind of a target at the same time. You know what I'm saying? You never know who's around, you never know what's going on. The world is just crazy now. You know, you've got to always protect yourself as far as, you know, what you're doing, who you're doing, who you're around. You're always looking to see what's going on. So it was always a, a challenge for me on that aspect. So it didn't bother me. You know, the kids liked it. You know, I was giving my, my rights some time, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. That's that's you know, that's what we signed up for. You know, it's better than better now than being back in Vietnam when they hated it. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah, that would have been. That's a that that's a that's a rough spot that uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about, and for for good reason. Exactly. But in the military, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it uh, a little bit earlier that that there is a cigar culture in the military, and it it this it kind of sounds like it depends on the group you run with and the group you're around. I know with with uh, Tim talking to Tim, you know, this is a thing that they do, and, and it does build camaraderie. Like, what kind of cigars were you smoking in the military? And, and, and were you, when you were smoking them, were you thinking ever, like, man, this is really good. I really enjoy doing this. Like, this is maybe something I want to do later on. Or, or was it because you do have a background in, in tobacco? Or was it just like, I'm enjoying the experience and I, I'm enjoying the camaraderie that I'm building with my, you know? Yes, it was kind of the same. It was kind of like, we wasn't really worried about old, because, you know, you over in Iraq or Afghanistan or Kuwait or wherever you were. You know, in all those countries, they have they dissipate that. It, it was really a little bit before the cigars for warriors. It was kind of we bought cigars, kind of like from the desert bodega, so to speak. You know, and because uh, they had everything, you know. And every now and then, you know, people would send some stuff. Um, but we were just enjoying it. You know, the cigar. If I would just sit there and just think about it, you know, the cigars are probably awful. Uh, but we didn't care because we were just we were just smoking and just having fun and you know and that's that was it you know and not until like I I, I get back home and, and realize like damn that was a fake ass Kahuna 
You know what I'm saying? That was a fake food. <laughs> you know, it was just like we were sitting around. It's like the beer. We didn't have alcohol. So we would drink, um, what do they call that beer? Uh, that doesn't have any alcohol. Oh, like like the something. old duels and stuff. N- yeah, yeah, uh, near yeah. beer. That's what it's called. Near beer. <laughs> near so beer. yeah, we was yeah we were sitting around and drink that, but we didn't know what the fuck we would, you know didn't have any alcohol. We would have to go over to the Germans or somewhere to get some alcohol. You know, the different size or the Romanians and stuff like that. So the Americans couldn't have any alcohol at all. Uh, so that was the thing. And, uh, so it was just a matter of us sitting in the circle and just talking about what was going on and can't wait to get back home and, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know how a cigar is. It could be a cigar that you may smoke. You may not really enjoy it, so to speak, but just the fact that you're smoking it just gives you some kind of relaxation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's that's kind of how it was. Nobody was like, oh, I I, I, I taste, you know, uh, it's, it's peppery or uh, I'm tasting uh, uh you know, whatever you take. Yeah, no, no one's, nobody, no one's, nobody, yeah, no one's doing that. It was just outside, joking, smoking, and it, that cigar just brought us smoking together. You know, that was good. You know, when yeah. you drill down to what a cigar is and what a cigar is meant to be, I don't think there's any better example than those in the military sitting around in a circle. Like you may yeah. not, like you said, you may not have the best cigar available. But you're enjoying your time with with your fellow soldiers, with 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 your fellow you know folks in the military, and you're trading stories, and you're talking about your day and your life, and, and, and really you know building relationships that probably last for years, and that's what yeah. a cigar is supposed to do. So when you started Carolina Blue, and you thought, yeah, this is, I think I will do this, and we'll get to how you started it and all that, but did when you think about when you're blending the cigars and you're, you're trying to come up with a vision for, for the next cigars you're going to come out with this, like, do those experiences come back to you? You're like, man, I can really picture myself sitting around a fire, you know, swapping stories and having a good time with, with my friends. To some degree, you know, it was, you know, once I really got back into it and then really, you know, saw how many cigars that were out there, then I really like focused in on what I what the product would be. You know, I really wanted people to enjoy it as far as uh because it, I don't I'm sure you've been to a factory or you've been to VR in Nicaragua and you can just you know on vacation. You can just go anywhere and somebody just give you a damn cigar like, oh it's good, it's good and it's trash. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know any better. So but once you get into the back into the to the to the groove you know, you walk around, you start meeting people, they give you cigars, and a lot of the cigars taste the same. You know, you can go next door and they all start tasting the same. One, because that's how they enjoy their cigars, where they are. You know, they stay in their own window. They like aroma, they like good, nice mouth flavor, or a medium flavor, nothing strong. So, for me, my first cigars were Dominican. Um, I had to bring something very different, you know, a lot of flavor. And we all have cigars that are front loaded and then you get halfway and you don't taste them. You know what I'm saying? So that was yep. my I was I was smoking a lot of cigars and I was like, Wow, is this what's really going on right now? <laughs> you know, so that was my <laughs> thing. I was like, I, we can't have cigars like this. So it took it took me like almost a year and a half to get three good cigars out. Wow, and you know, and for me being small, and then where I where I'm at now, 
those cigars were good. Actually, they taste a lot better now because I still have some. You know, from five years ago, I still have some. I smoke one every now and then to see where I came from. And those cigars have aged pretty well over the years. They they really taste, you know, humanesque cigars. Not as much flavor as a cheaper cigar, but I can see the uh, the culture, how it, you know, went to DR and all the people moved. So it had that, that uh, very, you know, that, that flavor. And then we moved forward. And that was the whole, that's my whole goal is to just have people enjoy the cigar and, and just give you what the island has to offer, you know, yeah. whether it be uh, whether it be Nicaragua, you know, I, I don't really have strong cigars. Um, I have medium plus cigars, but you taste all the tobacco from the, from the foot to the shoulder. And, and that's, that's right where I want it to be at. So that's, you know, that's, that's how it is. It's interesting that you, you, you brought this up that, you know, you have cigars that you blended five years ago and you, they're still amazing and, and you're getting a lot of flavors from them. But when, when manufacturers make cigars, they typically make them for, to be smoked right away. Right. Like that's, right. yeah. So, but do you, when you're again, so when you're going through this process, do you ever think to yourself, what is this going to, going to taste like in three years in two years in five years? Is this going to, is this going to last if somebody wants to age it? Or are you just like, or, or do you, when you blend it, you're like, no, I, this is meant to be smoked now. Like smoke it now. Yeah. I was it's funny that you say that because I was actually talking to somebody about that about two years ago. And we were like, man, because like I have a cigar, a Nicaraguan cigar, a Nicaraguan curl, we call it the fire stick. And the cigar in the beginning was really, really, really strong. You know, peppery, not strong to the fact of uh, burns your palate out, but a stronger cigar that, you know, has a lot of pepper in it. And it was really, you know, good cigar. So I've I've had some for about a year or so. And I smoked it again. I'm like, wow, this cigar has changed to uh, a more sweeter uh, cigar that I didn't expect it to do. So then I was sitting there and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, wow, I can't have cigars. Like people would make a whole bunch of just have to sit on the, on the, sh- on the shelf. I'm like, I can't do that. Right. Because what I'm trying to give you in the beginning is what I smoked when I first made it. So I try not to have cigars sitting on the, on, on the aging room for more than three or four months. You know, sure. three months we age them before we ship them. And then I want them to be sold within, you know, three to four months. Yeah. Anything, anything after that, you know, it's going to kind of like start to settle and, you know, not lose flavor, but it's going to, it's, it's like, change. I, I use, yeah, I use that analogy like spaghetti. You cook spaghetti today, you eat it two days from now, it's really, really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, I didn't know this, I didn't know this sauce was going to taste this way. You know, because all of whatever you put in it, finally, you know, Got into the to the to the uh, spaghetti or whatever you use to the sauce. This is different. Yeah, the the, the flavors marry. They they, they yeah. come together. They marinate. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. That that's that's the thing. We, we try to move things within the first you know three six months. That's the best time to get a cigar. If you find something that's like a year old, I know I know people like to say, oh, look at all the age. You know, the, the cellophane is brown. 
Like, but you just lost. <laughs> it's, it might still be a great cigar, but you just lost what the what the you know the blender was trying to give you. You know, yeah. you just let it do something. Absolutely, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree with that. Now. I, I want to ask this question, and I, I don't typically ask this uh, of folks in the industry, but I want to ask you, like, out of your cigars, because I, I tried, I wanted to try your cigars before I had you on, on the show, because I wanted to right. know, know what I was talking about, right? Uh, right. And so I ordered the, the signature uh, series sampler from Oxford. Okay. Like, what is your, out of what you blend and what you put out, what you produce, what is, what's your favorite cigar that you make? My favorite ones that I like the best. I really like Limitado. I don't smoke it a lot because if I smoke it a lot, I'll smoke them all. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it's weird that you ask that. I don't really smoke my cigars on a regular basis. Like today I smoked the, uh, Dominican Puro for the first time probably about three months. Um, and it's still just as good as it was before. Uh, Limitado, I might smoke it maybe once a month, maybe once every other month. But right now, my Limitado and my um, my Habano box press are probably my two favorite ones. My my regular chill cigar, which is I just want to smoke and just relax a little bit, is the, the Black Bear because it's, it's long. Uh, it, it just has this choppy coffee peppery taste to it and it just kind of like puts you in this nice nice mood and those are like my three go-tos if I'm just like I'm going to smoke something really quick in my, in my I'll smoke in the body I'll smoke in the uh, box press now the, the, the sleeper out of all of them is the is the, uh, the Nicaraguan uh, Connecticut that is, that is probably my strongest cigar out of that. I don't think we had that yet. I'm not going to get you one of those. It's in the one-on-one series. That cigar carries a punch to it. Like, like so, I, I guess for the last month, I, I wasn't really in the mood to smoke because I was so busy. So, and I finally smoked one probably a couple of days before I went to PPE. And that cigar had me on kind of a nicotine high. Oh, like, wow. I really sat in the chair and I'm like, wow. Like I really needed this, <laughs> you know. what I'm saying it's one of those, <laughs> one of those moments. And I gave some to people at, at TPE. They're like, "Wow, this is this has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, the heroin. It's, it, it's just how we blended it. Um, and it's, it's really not your even a Dominican cigar has, has a lot of flavor. Uh, nice Lajero blend where you get, you know, a nice little uh, spice, baker spice. Um, you would think it's a lot of hero the kind of how I did it, but it's not. It's just the, the, the leaves that we put in just, just makes it pop with the resources that we use. And it's, it's awesome to as well. But that Nicaragua and uh, Connecticut, which I'm a, I used to have a Corona, you change it to a Toro, so it'll give you a lot more uh, flavor. And, that's about, and it also has a little sweet undertone at the same time, which is, mm-hmm. which is impressive as well. Like, you don't like to front load your cigars, like you said earlier. You and your cigars, from what I have tried, have been complex and nuanced. Mm-hmm. Nothing really beats you about the head and face. So when you talk, when you talk about a lot of Lajero, like the way you blend it, it's not, it's not like a punch in the face. It, it's really, no. it is smooth. It is subtle. It is full flavor. 
but right. it's it's complex as well and I, I that's part of what you try to do with with all of your lines isn't it yeah it, it, you know you're the customer like you know even some of these you know and i'm not you know people compete against you know the big brand i'm like i'm not i'm a, I'm a boutique guy I'm, I'm the guy who makes suits and i want you to have that suit that nobody else has you know and that's how i i, I do the cigars and, and if you smoke two of my cigars, you know, I want you to go smoke somebody else's. But I, I say at the end of the night, you're like, hey, let me grab one of the Carolina Blues on my way out. And then that, that's just how we do it, you know, not to kill your palate, you know, enjoy the evening. Because I smoke cigars. I know you probably have. You smoke one and, like, you're done for the day. Like, I'm good. You know, I don't think your palate is dead. And it's like, it's just to not go with your chemistry in your body. And you're just trying to hold on to it. You know, I want that full cigar. It don't even have to be a full cigar. It could be something that's really earthy that just not fit you. And you're just trying to just hold on to it because either you heard it was a good cigar or, you know, it's the thing that's going. And, you know, rather than put it down and find something else that works, you know, a lot of people just fight through it. That's, yeah. that's the wrong thing. Yeah, that's the so you, you said something that, that kind of caught my attention. You said that you don't want to blow somebody's palate out, so to speak, and you want them to be able to smoke another cigar and it doesn't even necessarily have to be your cigar. And that's something that I've heard a lot, but I only hear it from boutique manufacturers, boutique manufacturers, boutique cigar makers understand like there are a lot of other brands out there and you are probably not going to just smoke a Carolina blue. You are going to smoke a whole plethora of stuff because there is a ton of stuff out there. Right. Why is that? Why is that perspective unique to a boutique cigar maker like yourself, as opposed to you? Never hear a Rocky Patel, and this isn't a slam on Rocky Patel or anybody right. else, but you never hear a Rocky Patel say that. You never hear, you know, Drew Estate say that. You never hear. Uh, 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 I've heard Pete Johnson say it, but you never hear. It's like some of the bigger manufacturers say it. Why, why is it unique to a, a smaller manufacturer like yourself? Well, you know, we 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 have to. Uh you know, you have to understand that you're not the only player in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of I want someone to smoke another one because my cigar might bring out something different than, we'll just say, a rocket attack. So if, if I make it enough where you can try mine again, then, you know, because a lot of cigars or, or your mind is already um, – kind of like uh, already, you know, your taste buds kind of say what your brain is thinking. And then you're like, oh, I just had this rock to sell, or whoever. You're saying, whoever. And then you smoke a Carolina Blue, like, oh, that's different. And you're like, oh. And you may grab a couple and like, you know what, I'm going to just hold on to these, and then whenever I'm going to smoke something different, then I got my Carolina Blue to smoke. You yep. know? And that's, that's kind of how it is. You know, it's, it's just like going to a little you might always go to Ruth Chris or something like that. This is mainstream. But then you know about this little steakhouse, you know, in the cut somewhere. And you're like, you know what? Let's go over here to, you know, Dave's Steakhouse tonight. Dave makes his steaks a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I, I make it, you know. And, and the one thing is I understand about the big guys is they have so much tobacco. You know, they have to... They're into volume. You know, I'm not into volume. I'm not saying there are cigars. You know, we're, I can take my time and I can say, you know what? Let's change the wrapper on this right now. You know, I can come in mid-season and come out with a, 
a Brazilian opera. Or I could give you a Pennsylvania barley, you know, in the same blend. Uh, where a bigger manufacturer may have to wait a season, you know, until most of that stuff sells off, you know, because they don't want to be stuck with, with the same thing. So that that's the, kind of the difference in, in what we do. And, you know, it's just to give people more options, you know, and, and understand that, hey, we're giving you something that uh, some of the guys just don't have the time to do. Right. What are what are some of the challenges as a a, a boutique uh, cigar manufacturer? Because you know the big guys have a different set of challenges than what the smaller guys do. And and your boutique, and as Jeremy Castagli would put it, boutique is fuck. Like what? Yeah. Like <laughs> what are the set of challenges that you have that maybe your customers, uh, your consumers, and even your your retailers just don't have a clue about. Yes, it's just the you know it's, it's just a matter of like who are you? You know, that's the question. I never heard of you. So you're you're, you're always in the in the realm of I don't want to say proving yourself, but you're always kind of in an uphill battle with recognition of who you are. You know, it, it, cigars are about who you know. The business is about who you know. You know, you can you can jump on Pete, Pete Johnson's wagon, and if Pete, Pete Johnson puts a good word out for you, then some of his customers are run to you, you know, or, you know, anybody, Steve Soccer, any one of those guys. You know, it, it's all about making quality cigars. And, and the thing about a boutique, a brick and mortar can have a bad experience with a, a boutique, you know, brand. Mm-hmm. And they'll just be like, you know what? I didn't have a good experience with this. Or whatever it may be. But you can have that same kind of uh, uh, experience with a larger brand. And it's like no big deal. It's, it's the same as like going to a, a restaurant. Like, like, we've all been to IHOP, right? We've all been to IHOP. Oh, yeah. And at some point, you know, the food ain't that good sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But we continually go back. Yeah. Because it's something about IOS or 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 Cracker Barrel that we just like. And it's hard. We don't, as a boutique company, we don't have that mystique yet. So like, wow, you know, I every time I smoke it, this is what I get, you know. But me, I make sure all of my cigars are the same. I have yet to encounter anyone to say, you know what, I smoke one of yours, it was too dry, it was this, it was, you know, had whatever, too airy, because we take our time and instead of rolling, you know, a thousand cigars a day or 10,000 cigars a week, we have 200 cigars, 200 a day, take our time, test them, you know, and we put care into each one of them, you know, we, we yeah. get the best tobacco, you know, we test them all, you know, I randomly go in and grab some and smoke it, and, and that's and that's the out product. You know, that the product represents me. You know, and I want to give a good presentation of the product to whoever smokes that out of this Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like, at least for me, boutique is quality over quantity. It's not so yeah. much that you couldn't be a bigger player in the game, so to speak, but that you are. You're you're more concerned with with the 
the quality of the product you're you're pushing out than the the amount of product that you're pushing out. Do you do you find that to be true for yourself? Yeah, I you know, it's like now we have distribution with uh you know, I'm still in that like I'm not gonna do more than uh than a certain amount, you know, every every month. You know, I'm not or every quarter. I'm just gonna keep it at a certain amount and we're gonna stay there. And we're not gonna start making any more cigars until we get to this number. And when we get to that number, then we'll start making cigars again. So it's it is quality, very much so quality. You know, like you know, like I said with tobacco, it, it, we 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 have some of the best tobacco in the big republic by far. You know, that's just not me talking. That's just people from bigger brands have said it. You know, there's larger companies than we are, but we grow some of the best tobacco in the Dominican Republic. And we have some of the, the best connections with other farms that, you know, we can go to if we need to get some more tobacco. And that's the that quality aspect. Yeah. I, I actually heard you on a on a podcast uh, last year. Uh, in fact, it was a, at the last TPE, I believe it was, where you said, you know, where some of these, some of the tobacco is from. It it, it it surprises me that when you have that kind of pedigree behind your tobacco and as good as your product is, that there are retailers that are just like you said earlier, they're kind of gun shy when it comes to boutique brands. And even more than that, some retailers may just not be a good fit for you as, as a manufacturer. So how do you like you said, it was an uphill battle. How do you get those like how do you change the hearts and minds of the uh of, of the of the retailer and then how do you choose which rate retailer you want to be in and which one's like eh, this isn't really a good fit for me yeah it is it is uh, i'm in fact all money is not good money but uh <laughs> so it, it one i kind of use the the uh if i want to stay boutique i have to use kind of the chick-fil-a model where you know there's not a chick-fil-a on every corner like mcdonald's you know it might be two in the city and people would drive miles just to go get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, we've been all, we once they come out, you know, like, wow, is a Chick-fil-A 10 miles away? Oh, that's for lunch. You know, we'll take that drive <laughs> just to get it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of the thing I do to where, you know, I, I look at stores that are mostly boutique because they know how to push a boutique brand. If I go to, you know, I get a lot of stores that have, you know, thousands of cigars. And my question is like, well, how are you going to sell my cigar? And they don't know. I'm like, people come to your shop and they want this particular cigar. Most of the, you know, that's why you have 80%, you know, mainstream. And then when they talk about boutique, they go with, uh, oh, you know, we have Steve Side. I'm like, that's not boutique. We have Roman Cap. That's really not boutique. You know, they talk about, you know, like those are bigger brands. Like, how are you going to sell an unknown cigar? You know, and, and it's like, if you don't know how to push it and cater to a customer's palate, and say, you know what, I got some, I don't have that particular cigar, but I have something that will really, uh, that you can really enjoy, you know, other than like, hey, give me that, you know, Spectrum, or hey, give me you know, that, you know, whatever, LFD, you know, Double Heroes, you know, that's because that's what people, you know, they go and they already know what they want. Right. So it's just a matter of, of getting people to expand their palate, you know, like, like, hey, try this. See what you, see what you think. Because automatically they look at it like, I never heard of this. So in their mind, like, it's not going to be good. You know, if I would take the ban off 
of my cigars and put them down with some other people. And, I, and we all know what they are. Like, you and you smoke it. He put them down. He said, all right, try these three or four. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm going to toot it. <laughs> toot away. I, I can say that my cigar would be within the top one or two every single time. Because I, from a flavor standpoint. I would agree with that. I would, I would 100% agree with that. But, but here's my... Like you're talking about trying to get a customer to try something new, and you're talking about like it's it's incumbent upon uh, the shop to 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 really like take that information that they have that you've given them, and then give it give it to the customer. So you like unless you're doing an event or you're out and about, and someone's smoking a Carolina Blue, and you see them, hey, that's my cigar. Like there's a lot of disconnect between the consumer and the manufacturer, and you are you rely a lot, especially as a boutique manufacturer, you rely a lot on your local on the local shops to really understand your product, know what it is, and then push it. And and in my experience, shops anymore are not really run by tobacconists, and they don't have tobacconists in them. They're run by it, it's run as a retail shop. And when right. you run when you run a retail shop, it's hard to do that because you're basically just pumping out all of the big guys because those are easy sells. And for them, it's all about the bottom line. How do we change that? How do how does the industry change that? And how does the industry get some of these shops to realize like, look, bigger is not always better. Like boutique, like is oh, where yeah. it's at. Yeah, it is. It's you know, and it's just. Even when I do events, you know, I, I would say, all right, what you smoke? And they would tell me, I'm like, you know what? Try this right here. If you don't like it, I give you that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like you have to put your life on the line. Like, put your brand on the line. Either shut up, you know, put up or shut up. Yeah. That, that's just, just, just how it is. And, and, you know, and it's if you have a good brand, it's like, I don't mind doing it. You know, like, like I said earlier, I'll go head to head with any brand, you know. And uh, it won't feel, you know, slighted by doing it. And that's just how it is. You know, smaller guys, we don't have the funds, you know, to go into uh, Cigar Aficionado and put our stuff in, in the paper, in, in the magazines and, you know, get all these ratings. But, you know, and, but we still grind it. You know, we're still grinding to uh, let you know that, hey, we got some good products out here. And it's just a matter of like, hey, take a chance on this one. You know, let me slide it to you. You know, a lot of during COVID, I relied totally on the customers to say, "Hey, if you like it, tell your tell your brick and mortar." Because you know, you guys are buying it. You know, your, your, your shop owner is not gonna smoke all these cigars. So that was my whole premise: of like, just buy the cigars and let let the shop owner know that you like it. Tell your friend that you like it. Give them give them one of those that you just bought, and, and just go from there. You know. Has has social and media played a part in that? Um, it has, you know, we, we, we do, we do a really good job with social media that we concentrate, um, very much on the cigar itself. Uh, we don't try to do anything extra to catch your eye. You know, everything is very genuine that we do. So, you know, we try to cater to the, to, to the casual smoker and let them know like, Hey, this cigar is for you. It's, it's especially here in the Carolinas. Um, you know, it's homegrown. You know, a lot of times I get a just in North Carolina and you have to give them that look. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, 
uh, tobacco and left on the top, cigars, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, you know, it's chewing tobacco and cigarettes. You know, that's how most of the tobacco is in the United States, other than Texas and Pennsylvania, Connecticut. You know, they have a small window to take tobacco. But, uh, and a lot of the tobacco seeds are taken to these other places and grown and just called Pennsylvania, you know, stuff like that. People right. like just don't know little, little stuff like that. And, and, that, and that's just, edu- it's just education. And, you know, a lot of things that we do at events, we do like different education uh, to get people to taste different, you know, leaves and they understand like, wow, you know, these guys are doing it. Then when they actually smoke it, it's like, wow, this is what he said it was, you know. <laughs> So, and, and that's all I can do for the moment. You know, it's just a matter, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a marathon, you know, yeah. it's a marathon. And, Not a sprint. And I'm right. Let me, let me ask you this. Cause uh, you know, you were talking earlier about maybe, you know, kind of downsizing your lines and really focusing on what, what, what you've got and what moves and, and, and all of that. But we're, we're in the second, like people have been calling this the second cigar boom. There are a lot of, boutique manufacturers out there, smaller manufacturers. And it's certainly not like in the nineties where you have these, right. uh, you know, fly by night companies pop up and they make their money and they're uh, gone. Uh, I think most of, of the folks in the cigar industry today are passionate about what they do. Uh, they're not necessarily in it all for the money. They, they, they enjoy the product. They enjoy, you know, premium cigars, but with the second boom, inevitably there's going to, to come a pop that that boom is going to stop. Where do you see, you know, Carolina blue cigars in, in three to five years, especially when you when you take a look at at the economy and, and inflation and things like that? I know all of that stuff as a business owner has to be, you know, on your mind at some point. Like, where do you see Carolina blue in, in three to five years? Well, the, the fortunate thing we have is like what I said earlier was we grow our own stuff. You know, we, a lot of the boutique people that are coming out are, are getting sourced. You know, and I tell, you know, I talk to guys all the time, like, yeah, you can, you can source your tobacco, but you may not get the same lot the next time. So your, your cigars might taste different. So if you're not prepared for that, you know, you, then you're going to be in trouble. You know, that's why I, I always preach. Go to the factory. Go see who's making your cigars. You know, develop that relationship. You know, I have a great outstanding relationship with my factory. They're like family. You know, I stay at their house and, I know their kids and they're my kids, you know. And and if I would slow production down just to make five cigars in five years, those five cigars would taste the same. Right. You know, it would be nothing different. You know, the tobacco might be better. We might change the blend. And, you know, we have tobacco like up the wazoo right now. <laughs> so that's the thing about Carolina Blue is like it's it will go as long as I want it to go, you know. It'll go as long as I want it to go. The support will be there as long as I want it, and that's the great thing about you know. I was talking to you know the factory over the week, you know, last week, and I was like, hey, you know, we've been pushing these these brands out for like the last few years. People people are kind of getting tired of these. You know, it's time to change it up, and we're looking at doing something new at PCA. And, you know, because you want to stay uh, ahead, you know, we got some uh, great connections happening in uh, Nicaragua. I have some plans with that. And we just, it's, it's all about evolving as a brand. You, know, you got to come out with something different. You got to yeah. come out with a different flavor, uh, you know, come out with something that nobody really thought about. You know, it, it's just, it's, 
and everybody has that same mindset uh, to do something different, but it's all about the resources that you have. Can you can you keep it up? You know, we've seen over the last six months that all these different, you know, fly by night cigars can come out with all these different bands on them. One is because they're small, you know, there's something they need, let me just get rid of it. Or it might have been something that's sitting on the agent room that they just need to sell, and I can call it Yabba Dabba Do with a nice band, and people will run to it because it's from, you know, a certain owner. But because can you produce that for two years? And a lot of them can say no. Because a lot of those cigars you cannot find. That's right. You know, they're gone. They're gone. But if I came out with something with a crazy band, guess what? I can make that for two or three years and keep it going. And that's, and that's, something, that's why I'm not worried about it. And, that, and that's something that I think uh, cigar smokers as a whole don't understand. Like, there's a difference between marketing and there's a, and, and passion. And market marketing is one thing. Like you said, you can call it yabba dabba do, slap a nice little band on it, pump it out, but it's not going to last. People right. go smoke it. If it's good, great. Can I get more? No. Well, fuck. Like, why? <laughs> why would you do this to me? And if they smoke it and it's shit, well, the company doesn't care because they've already made their money. But when you've got, much. yeah. But when you've got a company like Carolina Blue, like you know, like you have invested in the future of the company. You don't source your own tobacco. You grow your own tobacco, and there's a big difference because there's a lot of companies that that just source it. Now, right. We, we've we've talked a little bit like you talked about the PCA you've talked about TPE I, I want to ask you as a manufacturer because there's a lot of uh, or there has been a lot of drama between manufacturers and the PCA do you feel and you just were at TPE do you feel like the industry as a whole can continue to support two trade shows I can say for me just looking from a cost perspective no uh, it's a lot of money that goes into that, and you're and you're hoping on, you're hoping that you're going to get sales. You know the big guys are going to get there because a lot of the the brick and mortars are going there for their ten percent. You know they buy fifteen twenty boxes, they get an extra five and all that stuff. Yep. Can't really, I can't really do that. Um, I'm going as trying to get a whole bunch of new sales. I'm competing in a sense with the real estate, the, uh, the, you know, whoever else that you want to, do, to try to get my sales up to get new customers, you know, and, uh, it, it, I, I think it should be, you know, TPE event is great because of the, the, the whole, the environment is, is crazy as far as the electricity in the air is, is outstanding. From a from a manufacturer standpoint, PCA is more profitable or a better event per se because I'm getting a one on one with an actually an actual shop owner. Yeah, I don't know who I'm talking to at CPE. You know, you do get shop owners, uh, but then you get you know the big shops. There's nothing wrong with those guys because they have humidors too. But again. You know, they can buy 10, 15, 20 boxes of all the mainstream sticking in their shop and they're, they're just grabbing those. Yep. You know, the smaller booths, the smaller shops, they're actually pushing cigars to make money. So that's, you know, that's the, uh, the, the difference between the two events is, uh, you know, it's very difficult to, 
you know, decipher the risk and reward, so to speak. You know, you're giving away a lot of stuff with no return. Right. You know, a lot of people in general, you know, they come around, they want to sample, you know, you get their contact and you call them a couple times and blah, blah, blah. You get the, the whole little song and dance thing. I get it. You know, PCA, like, all right, let's make this deal right now and call it a day and uh, and, and make that deal and, and, and do what we got to do. And then you, you got to, you know, somebody in, in your camp. So that's that's what I kind of saw from last year. That's what we're hoping again this year. You know, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't participate in the PCA last year. I, I was there just to, observe, just to observe the difference between the two events. You know, I did TPE last year. And that was the difference between the two. There's a lot more business going on at TPE. I mean, at PCS. At PCA, yeah. Um, yeah. TPE is more of the icebreaker, getting everybody back into the flow. You get some deals. You know, you get to hang out with people that you really don't see. It's a little bit more looser environment. Um, you know, you got the CBD people there. It's a lot more of a, uh, I don't want to say a party environment. It's just a different kind of electricity in the room. Sure. You know, it's a lot, lot more people there. Um, big city. The prices in Vegas is, is crazy. You know, you, you have to get a certain amount just to break even. Right. You know, I, to be to be honest with you, I had more. I had I did better at at the Heritage Fest in Tampa when I right. had the direct consumer that I could just talk to. And they just wanted to try it. You know, if you, I don't know if you've ever been to the Heritage Fest, but if you get a chance to go, it's, it is a great event. Um, yeah, you have some stores there trying to get rid of customers and stuff like that. But you also have other, you know, smaller guys there that you normally wouldn't see or get to try this because you got people coming from the you know, public, smaller companies. You got the smaller brands that's trying to come up. And you get a chance to try and buy as much as you want, you know. And we did like extremely, extremely well at, at the Heritage Fest, you know. It's so not the pressure of selling, you know, trying to get 15 boxes, 10 boxes. It's like selling cigars. Right. So, so you would, you would actually probably prefer a smaller venue than even the PCA trade show where you get that one on one interaction with either the shop owner or the consumer or both and you're able to, really talk and connect where at the PCA it's a it, business is getting done for sure, but it is hectic and people are moving from booth to booth. Yeah. They already know what they want. A lot of times and, you know, when they come around and they'll see me, they'll stop in because they heard of me or, interested, you know, smaller venues, even some of, in some of the events now that you may see out there over the summer, you saw the boutique uh, event that happened in Indiana. You know, you see all these little cigar weeks that's popping up all over the place. You know, I, I don't really do those too often because, again, it's a, it's a cost thing um, to just keep going to all these little events like that. So you have to really be smart about, you know, the events that you take. And and, and it also, for me, I have to, like, get out on the road a little bit, you know. Uh, right. being, having, a, having a distribution, it makes it a lot easier for me. Now I don't really have to, like... Well, you know, I'm this or that and this. Now I have a revenue distribution. Now I can kind of pick it back off of them and it makes it a little, a little easier, but I still have to get my face, the brand out there and just get them to the customer. So when they go to the shop, you know, right. 
Right. Let me ask you this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll we'll end it with some with some fun questions. But but real quick, I mean, we talked about the the PCA and the TP and kind of the difference between them and the crowds. And I kind of feel, and I I, I want to get your take on this. I kind of feel like the those who are especially smaller manufacturers who have to choose between the two, right? Like I can't afford to go to both. Which which one am I going to go to? Like they're they're forced to choose and TPE is the new hotness. This is the new one that everyone, like like you said, there's a, an electricity and a buzz in the air. It's a little bit different than PCA. When you choose to go to TPE and not to PCA, as a cigar manufacturer, I feel like you're kind of, you, you know, cutting your nose off to spite your own face because if the PC because if the PCA doesn't make money and the PCA folds, the TPE is certainly not going to do things on the legislative slot side that, that focuses solely on premium cigars where the PCA does like, that's what they're for. Are those things that come into your mind when you're like, when you're trying to decide, like, do I go to one, do I go to both? Like which one, which one am I supporting? Which one's going to support me the most? Like are those things that come into your, into your mind? And and again, that's something that we talked about. It's like, I'm not going to do this every year. You know, it's it's a point now is like do i do it every year do i do it every other year you know like this year will be the actual deciding factor as to which one that we'll do which one that we'll go all out, all out for it's like pretty much i did tpe just to get rid of a lot of cigars that we had we just had to move them you know that was something that we were doing and at the same time the people that we got on you know as new customers There'll be some of the, you know, people that will get some of the new stuff that you're like, okay, we already told you or introduced you some of the new products. Now, if you come back to PCA as a, you know, as a retailer, then you, you, you have first dibs on all those, those new products and it'll be a little different. So, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a, it's a decision that needs to be made from a cost perspective. Like, do we really, you know, should we have really, you know, jumped into that one. Uh, should we plan for a whole year and just do one? You know, yeah. that that is that is the decisions that I, I'm making. You know, I'm thinking about all the time. That I pretty much sat back and, and looked at it. You know, while I was there, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do PCM. We do the same type of analysis and say, you know what? Maybe PCA is the only one we need to do. Maybe we need to do TPE every other year, just do PCA, you know, keep that on, on, on the brink all the time. So especially if it works out really, really well, then yes, PCA would be the thing that we do uh, more often than anything else. So, right. Yeah. All right. So let's have a little bit of fun before I let you go. Uh, I, Cause I know you're at the lounge and uh, you're going to go have fun and smoke and uh, uh, hopefully meet some new friends and, and, and uh, commiserate with some folks. But let, let me ask you this. Like how many cigars do you smoke typically? Like typically I know cause we, we talked to you in the military and I know you're an avid golfer and we didn't even get to touch on that. Uh, but you didn't, you used to not smoke all the time. It was like an every once in a while thing. Like uh, now today, typically how many cigars are you smoking in a day? It, 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 it kind of depends uh, on a, through the week. I might smoke one, you know, one a day. You know, I walk the dog and I'll smoke. You know, my mornings are really busy. Um, so I don't really get to smoke. On the weekends, I'll probably do about three a day or so, maybe. 
you know, two or three a day. But I'm at the factory. You know, that's a whole other planet. <laughs> uh, I'm smoking like 10 or 15 cigars, oh. you know, a day. You know, there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this is maybe it boils down to maybe one a day. You know, you, when you when you come back from your trips to the factory, are you like I, I'm not gonna smoke for like a week? I'm I'm all smoked out. Well, and and, I, and that and, and and that's that's the thing about it is with my cigars is like I, I'm not burnt out. You know, I remember one sitting, I, I came in and I smoked probably twelve cigars. I ate breakfast and I smoked cigars all day, and I went home. And I smoked two more. I got up the next day, trying out some new blends, and I smoked them again. And and I just came back and went in my routine. And I was, that was it. You know, I get smoked out really when I have events. You know, I'm smoking and talking and drinking. And, and, and that's when I get kind of smoked. Like TPE. I smoked probably three cigars the whole time. Oh, wow. The whole time. I, I had one that I smoked. It took me like two hours to smoke it from talking to people and you know, it, it, it just gets it's crazy like that. When, it, when the drinking is involved and, and the conversation and everything is moving so quickly, that's when I get smoked out, you know, because I'm not at a relaxed state. You're in the factory, you know, I'm working, you know, we're talking some business, you know, I'm really relaxed, you know, we're coming up with new stuff. And it's just a different, you know, the body is in a different state. Yeah, so, it's a, it's a different know. vibe. It's a different, it's a different yeah. environment, and you're like, you're ready for it. Like, and, and I get that. Yeah. I, I totally understand it. Like, because then you come home and you're, it's a completely different state of mind. You're at home and you're present yeah. with with your family yeah. and, and with your friends. It's like, eh, I don't really need a cigar. Right. It, it, so I get that. I understand it. How many cigars do you have in your collection right now? Like, I don't want to know brands. I don't want to know like what you smoke besides yourself. What I want to know is like, how many do you personally own, like in your humidor at home? I got about I close to probably about two thousand. All right, see that's I have a thousand, and my wife gives me all kinds of shit. Yeah, I, I had to buy. Uh, I have this, uh, a big uh, humidor room that I have. Uh, you know, those goes pretty quick. But for my own, like I have a standing humidor which is full to the heat. So you know how you lay it out, and you can see. Yep. I have probably like six, about five rows on each level that's full of cigars. And, you know, some of them are blends that I came up with. Sometimes I find something like, wow, I forgot I made this. <laughs> you know, some um, are like open from, you know, the bundles and stuff like that. But yeah, that I have, I, if I would not make another cigar today, I have enough to last me probably until I die. <laughs> well, I would imagine if you're only smoking, you know, once or twice yeah. a week yeah. and then a couple yeah. times on a weekend. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So what's what's next for Carolina Blue Cigars? What do you have in the works for people that they should like look out for? We know you you said you're gonna be at PCA this year, uh in, in Vegas later this year, but what do you got coming out? Like what should people kind of keep their uh, ear to the ground for? Yeah, we have a, a big collaboration. I'm not gonna say who it is right now. It's gonna be it's going to be shocking to the industry because of, of the, who I, you know, the size of my company and the size. Well, it, it's two mid-level companies going to make a collaboration. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we, we, we kind of do our cigars in kind of the same profile. 
they have a, a very exclusive uh, clientele, uh, and it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about uh, some things that were in the works at the factory, working with Nicaragua on a full-time basis to be in uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, so those are those are the things that in the next six six months you will see a, a lot of different cigars coming out with uh, Carolina Blue. So uh, nice. look out for that. When yeah, should man. we look for the announcement with the uh, for the collaboration? Um, we hope to have it all done before PCA. We we, we talked at TPE. Uh, we hope to have it by PCA. If it's not ready by then, it definitely will be ready by October during the Christmas season. Nice. Um, I don't, I don't want to rush it. I know it's going to be awesome. You know, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I've been excited ever since we kind of connected. And, you know, I've been keeping it under wraps. She's been keeping it under wraps. So when it drops, it's going to be like, wow, really? For real? Can you really nice. do that? <laughs> well, when that drops, we'll have to have you back on and, and you can talk about that collaboration and how that came about. And you can talk about that. We can catch up with you a little bit and find out what's going on yes. uh, with Christopher Moore and Carolina Blue Cigars. Christopher, if you want to, if someone wants to buy Carolina Blue Cigars, where can they find it? Is it shopcarolinabluecigars.com? Yeah, you can get all of the, uh, you can get all of the uh, five pack signatures. You can get some specialty cigars that I have on there. Everything else goes to distribution, like the boxes and stuff like that. But if you know, if you really like something, you know, you can either get it again from Oxford or you can say, hey, Chris, I really want a five pack of this or a 10 pack of that. And I'll, and I'll take care of you, you know, as a customer. That's, that's what we do, you know. So, yes, everything new, everything limited will definitely be on the website. You know, anything new that I might push out, I have a limited amount so people can buy it. Uh, especially if their shop isn't, you know, if you're not in a location with one of our shops are. So a lot of stuff I will drop on uh, shopcarolinabluecigars.com. Uh, we're actually uh, updating the website, you know, to announce a lot of that stuff, you know, to build up the client list. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting here in 2022. Nice. Blue for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, check them out, shopcarolinabluecigars.com. Uh, and send them a line, drop them a line. If you're looking for something specific, check out OxfordCigarCompany.com. They've got a lot of their stuff there as well. Christopher Moore, Carolina Blue Cigars. Thank you so much, sir, for taking the time. I appreciate it. I'm humbled and thankful to get the time to, to talk with you today. It was awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate it. You know, we, we finally got it going. And yeah, definitely. I look forward to coming back and announcing uh, new collaborations. And, you know, you're a friend of Lucas, so you're a friend of mine. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we talk. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we'll probably uh, catch up at the PCA. We'll be there, so I'm looking forward uh, to seeing you there. Oh, yeah. We, we might even have a uh, – we're thinking about having a private event for some of uh, our good friends on some of the new stuff that's coming up. So look, look out for that, and I'll definitely keep posting on that. I, I appreciate that. Christopher Moore, Carolina Blue Cigars, thank you so much. Yes. And everybody be safe out there. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Simply Stogies. Uh, join me next time where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Visit simplystogies.com for the latest articles and reviews. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest in video content 
And please rate and review Simply Stogies on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. If you have a question or suggestion for James or would like to be on the show, please send an email to info at simplystogies.com. The views and opinions expressed by James and his guests are their own and do not reflect those of Creative Brain Candy or their affiliates.